Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. As promised by Pastor Copeland, our first reading is from Psalm 103. <laughs> praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, pours righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like the flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, 
you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. This is the word of the Lord. From the New Testament, we read from the letter to the Hebrews. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By Isaac, Jacob was Jacob. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell, after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This is the word of the Lord. As we sing the hallelujah, please rise. St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, and two against three. 
they will be divided. Father against son, son against father. Mother against daughter, daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know, don't know how to interpret this present time? This is the gospel of the Lord. May God's grace and mercy and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text of the message comes from our psalm reading, so from Psalm 103. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Fill us today as we consider your word and bless us in the hearing and study of that word that we may lead lives that please you and bring glory to your name. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Stories told, probably not a real story, but a funny one as well. A story told of two friends that uh, bumped into each other in the street one day. Uh, one of them uh, was looking pretty sad and uh, uh, almost on the verge of tears. And the friend came up and asked them, Hey, what in the world has happened to you, my friend? The guy looked down and said, Well, three weeks ago, an uncle uh, died. He left me $40,000. Wow, that's uh, sorry for your loss, but wow, that's a lot of money. Continue, but two weeks ago, a cousin I never even knew died, and they left me $85,000 free clear. Friends said, Wow, that's a, that's a lot of death, uh, and but but there's also been some blessing there, too. A friend interrupted and said, Hey, but you don't understand. Last week, I had a great aunt pass away, I inherited almost a quarter of a million dollars. Now, the first man was like, Wow, that, that's uh, that's been a lot that you've been going through, and uh, there's been some death, but boy, some, some great blessings there, too. And the man's tough said, I, but, but you don't understand. I can't believe it. This week, I've gotten nothing. <laughs> That's sort of our world, isn't it? We're strange people, aren't we? We have this uncanny way of failing to recognize how blessed we truly are. Fifty wonderful things can happen to us, and there's only one negative, and what will we focus on? The negative one, right? I mean, it's our nature. It's our sinful nature. Now, we can spend 20 minutes uh, being chastised about our lack of gratitude, and it probably uh, deserve a good earful, I think. And gratitude is a wretched sin, yet we're focusing on our failure to give God the thanks he deserves actually change our hearts to make us grateful. No, it won't. What make us, makes us grateful is the good news. The good news. The good news that God still loves us despite our sinful weaknesses. The good news that God forgives us in Jesus Christ. The good news that God's goodness to us does not depend on our response, but instead it flows from a love that is never diminished or discouraged. Seeing things the way God sees them is important. Counting our blessings is what makes us grateful. As we did last week, where uh, they said diverting from our 
uh, regular appointed readings to consider uh, another psalm. And it's a psalm of David again. Uh, and with the help of David's words from the 103rd psalm, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to count our blessings. Listen to David. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies you, your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The text so far. For just a moment, think about the greatest blessing God has poured into your life. I mean, if you were to choose one gift that surpasses them all, what would it be? I mean, is it your spouse? Could be. A, what about your children? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it your job? I mean, what is the blessing that top King David's list? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is by far really the greatest blessing, the greatest gift that we have received from God. And the more we are aware of our need for forgiveness, the more this blessing will, will be to us. Think of the message last week from Psalm 51. Think of King David for a moment. In those days, those weeks that after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba and then murdered his faithful friend Uriah, the psalm that David wrote during that time spoke of bones wasting away inside of him, his guilt crushing him and nearly destroying him. I mean, isn't it true that as we grow in our faith, uh, we that we recognize more and more the incredible gift that we have in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that he has won for us? I mean, when we recognize our relationships and those around us will uh, certainly come and go, but our relationship with God is forever. We might lie awake and think of uh, the, the people that, that we've heard and the opportunities that we pass by, or maybe we realize the sadness, maybe the bridges that we have burned down in this pursuit for independence that we have. Or maybe when death becomes more real to us by maybe touching the lives of those that we know, or maybe even threatening to take us. When guilt saps our strength or fills us with fear and regret, it is then that forgiveness Forgiveness seems more precious than all the gold in the world. David said, He, God, forgives all your sins. Take a moment and think of some of the sins you committed this past week, this past month, this past year. I'm not going to ask you to write them down. Okay? I mean, these are sins for which you truly appreciate God's gift of forgiveness in Jesus Christ. You got that list in your head? Then listen to this beautiful picture of forgiveness that David includes in the psalm. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he as as has he removed our transgressions from us. What a blessing 
that limitless forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. Count your blessings. He forgives all your sins. And David continues to count his blessings. He says, the Lord heals all your diseases. Now, that can be a bit of an odd statement, can't it? Because after all, every week we pray for uh, brothers and sisters in our congregation who are struggling uh, through various kinds of things, through, through sickness and illness and surgeries. In some cases, the healing, uh, visible healing, never really comes, does it? How can you say David heals all your diseases? Well, there are many different ways that God works healing, doesn't he? I mean, first, there's the, the blessings of health. I mean, not getting ill in the first place. How many of us really consider ourselves fairly healthy? For many of us, the Lord heals our diseases by giving us the, the gift of health by not getting ill in the first place. You know, our congregation has over 17, 1780 something uh, baptized members, and yet there are weeks when I'm surprised uh, that as far as I know, when I go to visit the hospitals, there's no in either hospital, sometimes not even out of, out of town either. But let's not wait until we get sick before we recognize what a gift God has given us in our health. And let's thank Him for the blessing of health. Let's also not forget the ability God's given our bodies, right, to heal and to recover. Many of you, I know, have faced surgeries and maybe even life-threatening diseases this past year or two, from which and through which the Lord has graciously healed you. Weekly, we pray for many people. We pray for blessing. We pray for healing, for strength. And it is the Lord who has given medical professionals the, the wisdom and the knowledge that allows them to work in that healing to take place. We pray for the Lord to guide the hands of the surgeons. And when we do that, those aren't empty, meaningless words. The blessing of healing and recovery. Then, finally, if you've had a disease for which there seems to be no cure in this life, there is a cure. It is a cure in death. You see, death will heal us once and for all, won't it? I mean, there's a disease, there's disease in this world because there's sin. That's why, that's why David so closely connects the concept of forgiveness and healing in this psalm. In heaven and eternity, uh, there are no more diseases, are there? No more sicknesses, we're told. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the lame will walk. Our desire for health, our desire and our timetable for healing might not be the same as God's, you know? But as his children, we can be sure that he will heal our, all our diseases. If not here, there is certainly an eternity. Blessings of ultimate healing come in God's presence. I mean, if there's some room in your bulletin, there might be some room on the back, I'm not sure. Uh, just take a moment. Maybe jot down one or two ways the, the Lord has healed you this past year. Maybe it was sparing you from illness. Maybe it was bringing you through some kind of surgery. Maybe it was sustaining you when you were sick and or diseased. Maybe it was healing a loved one by forever taking him or her into his presence. Count your blessings. God's healing hand is a part of your life. Then David brings forth another blessing and says, God redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and passion. 
You know, earlier we talked about the forgiveness being that greatest gift from God, and there are many, many other blessings that accompany that forgiveness. I mean, when Jesus redeems our life, buys our, our life from the pit of hell, when he has paid the price for our forgiveness, the price we could not pay, when he brings us into God's family, when he surrounds us with God's love and compassion, forgiveness brings us into the family. That means God is our Father. It means we can go to him at any time, that he will listen, that he will answer in a way that only a perfect and loving father could answer, in a way that is best for us. David reminds us the father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Just think of maybe a, a sense of peace you might have had this year. Simply by your ability that you knew you could go to God in prayer. I mean, when no one else understands, when no one else knows, when, 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 when the, the sadness in your heart or the, the fears that torment you or the, the temptations that you fall for, Jesus knows and he understands. He lived our flesh, walked on our shoes, if you will. He knows how we are formed, David says. He remembers that we are dust. Think of the many other promises God has made to you as one of his children. I mean, whatever you face in life, you do not face it alone. God goes with you wherever you go. Evil men may plot against you, God defends your cause. When, when you face setbacks and other uh, trials, God turns it into a blessing, somehow or another, whether uh, or not we see it and understand it at the time, God turns it into a blessing. When you face the, the good, the bad, and the ugly in life, God gives you the confidence, he gives you the assurance to face whatever it is you've had to face. Isn't it better when you know that you have a loving, caring, heavenly Father? I mean, how has the Lord displayed his love for you in, in real and tangible ways this past year? How has the Lord surrounded you with his compassion and grace? Why not... Think of some examples, maybe you can jot those down too. Uh, was it through the messages you hear here that you listen to here at church? Was it through your own personal Bible reading? Was it through uh, communing with him at the Lord's table? Was it through a Christian friend or a mentor? Was he there for you in a moment of tragedy? Did he work a miracle for you? Did he send a counselor to advise you? David tells us, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. Let's thank God and our good and gracious God for the countless ways that his love and compassion are displayed in our lives. And finally, David reminds us that God's goodness goes way beyond simply giving us what we need because in his great love for us, he fills our lives with all sorts of pleasures and joys that go above and beyond. David said it this way, he satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Has God given you a job that you enjoy? Has he given you peace in your heart, a challenge that invigorates you? Maybe it's a task that fills your life with meaning. What a blessing. Do you have people in your life, family and friends who care for you, care about you? People with whom you can share your thoughts and your dreams. People you can count on to 
be there when you need them the most. People who speak the truth to you in love when you need it. People who forgive and accept you despite all the miserable things you might say to them. Bless them. Do you have a, more than a, a roof over your head, extra change of clothes, a, a scrap of food to eat from each day? You have time to play with your kids, uh, watch a game, uh, go out to the movies, surf the net. Do you have nice things in your house, a, a yard in which to play or plant a garden, more than one part in your driveway? This is the 90% of the people in the world. What a blessing. Take a moment, jot down some of these above and beyond blessings that God has given you, that God has poured out into your life in the past year. Let's thank the Lord for filling our lives with so many joys. I think I might have shared this story before, but I, I read a story from a, a pastor, and he had, had been on like a, a one long flight from one place to another, and, and uh, as he writes about it, he says that the uh, the first warning a problem, the warning of a problem came when the, the, the sign on the airplane flashed, maybe you've had that too, uh, fastening your seatbelts, you know, the light goes on, there's a ding that goes on and uh, you need to get buckled up. Then the calm voice comes over the intercom, uh, we'll not be serving the beverages at this time as we're expecting a little turbulence, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened. Pastor looked around the aircraft to see people were a little cautious, maybe apprehensive. Then a little bit later, the voice came on again and said, we're sorry that we are unable to serve the meal at this time. Turbulence is still ahead of us. And then uh, he wrote, and then the storm broke. Maybe you've had that happen. The ominous cracks of thunder could be heard over the roar of the engines. Lightning lit up the darkened skies and with moments that that plane was almost like a cork tossed around in the waters of the ocean. A woman was lifted up on terrific currents of air and the next day was dropped in about to drop to her. He confessed that he shared some of the discomfort of those and the fear of those that are around him. And this is what he wrote. He said, as I looked around the plane, I could see that nearly all the passengers were upset and alarmed. Some were praying the future seemed ominous and many were wondering if they could make it through the storm. Then suddenly I saw a little girl. Apparently the storm meant nothing to her. She tucked her feet beneath her as she sat on the seat. She was reading a book, and everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes, and then she would read again. Then she would straighten her legs, and worry and fear were not a part of her world. When the plane was being buffeted by the terrible storm and lurched this way and that way and rose and fell with frightening severity, when all the adults were scared half to death, that little girl was completely composed and unafraid. The pastor said he couldn't believe his eyes because uh, uh, not surprising that when the plane finally landed and reached its destination, the passengers were really quick to disembark, right? Get off and probably kiss the ground, right? Uh, and the pastor sort of held back and and, and talked to a little girl uh, and, and commented about the storm and the plane. And, and then he asked her why she had not been afraid. Uh, she looked up at him and smiled and says, well, my dad's a pilot. He's taking me home. My friends, there are a lot of storms in this life, aren't there? A lot of storms that hit us, a lot of storms that have hit us this past couple years. Storms that hit us that are, that are physical, mental, financial, domestic, 
many other kinds of storms that can easily and quickly darken our skies and throw our lives around like that plane in the sky. And we all have known such times. And let's be honest and confess, it'd be a lot easier to be at rest when our feet are on the ground than when we're tossed around. But we need to remember that our Father is the pilot, that He is in control, and that He is taking us home. I don't know exactly when David wrote this song. He didn't always live a king's life. There are many years he was running for his life from the previous king, King Saul. He was forced to live in a cave and huddle in fear, away from family and from friends and the comforts of home. And from our perspective, that really was no life at all. And yet knowing what we know about David and the character God gave him, perhaps he wrote this song even in the midst of that. I don't know. But that is the attitude of faith. An attitude that knows how to seek and take hold of the blessings that God gives no matter what the situation that they're in. And that's the attitude that Paul displayed in, in Philippians chapter 4, where he writes about being content, right, in any and every situation. He goes on, well, better, hungry, etc., etc. May God give you and me that kind, that attitude of faith. Always remembering to count your blessings. So that you and I can sing with King David today and every day. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.